Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie, and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And I was going through all your questions again today, and I think I'm going to do No Risk, No Reward. And the bigger the risk, the greater the reward, always. I think we are quite used to in life trying to, I guess, trying to keep ourselves from falling. Nobody wants to fall, especially when you're somebody like myself and you're public and, you know, people know who you are. And not all the time people wish the best for you. Obviously, jealousy rules the world today. Instagram's made it impossible not to sort of slightly have the evil eye or to look at your your friend or neighbor and, you know, wish you had what they had or it doesn't matter. It's sort of taught us not to be happy in the present, in the moment with what we have. Having said that, I find nothing wrong with slight competition, slight edge and a drive because for people that don't have any of that, then you're never going to have the growth or go anywhere. And risk comes in many, many forms. You know, I get asked a lot, how do you start your first business? How did you, you know, decide to go on reality TV? How did you end up with a guy 20 years younger? How did you start your first company? How did you start your next company? How did you get the idea to, you know, start a podcast, have a shoe line, write a book? I mean, I put my face on the side of a double-decker bus. Like, you know, all of these things are giant fucking risks that can blow up at any minute and I can make a dick of myself. 
I make a dick of myself and I make a spectacular one because as I like to say, you go big or go home. I always say it about my marriage. You know, I could have been single ages ago. And I think most of you out there thought I would have been that, you know, I was making a complete prick of myself when I started dating a man 20 years younger that was an ex-soccer player and lived in L.A., probably at this point was going to leave me by the end of the week that I'd be crawling home to my husband, ex-husband and begging for forgiveness or, you know, the risk of taking my house, buying a house with my new husband now, because what if it doesn't work out or the risk of building a new business or the risk of going back onto reality TV when I've left it and finally rebuilt my life. And suddenly, what if that doesn't work out? What if I'm not, you know, the breakout star anymore? And what if people don't like me? What if my new life isn't as interesting as my last life? I mean, I could go on and on and on. When is the risk worth it? I can't stress enough. For me, every time I've been scared shitless and taken the decision to do it anyway, it's been worth it. Really, really worth it. I always say there's nothing good that comes inside your comfort zone. And I really believe in risking it all. You know, I mean, I think my relationship is a very typical example and a good one because everybody said, you've got a good life, don't risk it. You know, you have everything you want, don't risk it. You've got a good man by your side, don't take the risk. What if he leaves? All of these things. And they were right. They were right. But if I hadn't taken the risk, I'd have always wondered. And that scares me more than failing, oddly. The, the fear of, you know, always spending my life or waking up at like 80 and thinking I should have and I didn't scares me more than the thought of like fucking it all up. Because what does fucking it all up really look like? Well, it's another journey, isn't it? It's a whole new roller coaster. You know, I've always been scared, and I probably from boarding school, actually, if I really look back and sort of give myself therapy, which I've never really been, I guess monotony and sort of knowing what's going to happen every day. Because you have a timetable in front of you at school, don't you? From the age of 6 to 18, you've got someone telling you to wake up at 7.30, go to bed at 10.30, even between this is your playtime, 15 minutes for lunch or whatever it is. You know, you're literally, everything is set out. You know exactly where you have to be and when. And actually, funnily enough, as I'm saying it, that's how Sergio lived. Exactly how Sergio lived because of soccer. Doesn't matter what form, it's the same form of being told and institutionalized, which that we have in common. So when anyone asks us, we both understand I suppose, loneliness, respectively, on that, because, you know, when you go home to bed in a dormitory and you don't like half your roommates, maybe, or you go home and, you know, you've grown up and you're by then you've got your own room and, you know, you can feel very lonely and shut off and you sort of you take everything inside your body and you sort of talk to yourself and you get your through self through everything. And I think Sergio does that, too. He's always had to do that. I mean, he's a lot closer as in he, he you know, you, everybody out there knows that my husband's a mummy's boy and they, you know, they um, have this very, very close relationship. But I think that's also cultural, to be frank. And I don't think that's, you know, my mum's fault or or his mum overly 
you know, mollycoddling him. I think that's just cultural differences between England and Spain and Latins and, you know, Latinos and English. So, you know, and both ways, it is just what it is, right? There's no point sitting there and saying coulda, woulda, shoulda. But, you know, I've always taken a risk. You know, everyone else went to university. I knew I didn't want to go. I wanted to go. And my parents said, well, if you don't go, then you have to go get a job. So, so off I went. You know, the risk of buying our first, my first house. Like, I remember paying for it, but then I, you know, didn't have enough money to pay the bills. So how I was going to solve that? I'm a problem solver. When you're a problem solver, that really minimizes the risk. So what did I do? I bought a beautiful apartment that was above my, my budget at the time. And couldn't afford the bills monthly because I didn't have a job and my parents weren't going to give me any money. So I rented a room out, paid my bills that way, and then got a job on the weekends. There. I got what I wanted, but I minimized my risk. And I found a solution. And I've always, always, always managed to find a solution to every problem. And I think once you sort of think about what the worst case is in every risk-taking situation, you realize it's actually not unsolvable. Nothing in life, by the way. And if I could just tell everyone out there, nothing in life, nothing is unsolvable one way or another. And I think once you sort of keep waking up and saying that to yourself, life becomes a hell of a lot less, less scary. I'm in a total roller coaster again right now. I'm living in my friend's house. I'm, you know, getting my house ready, got the kids in my ex-husband's place. I'm all over the place, starting a new business that no one knows about yet. I mean, just so much going on in my life. And it's been Christmas and it's like the most expensive year, the time of our lives. And, you know, crypto's gone down. The, The house needs to be built today. You know, we're running around, but I never worry because somehow everything works out. Worry doesn't solve anything. Worry doesn't make it go away. So, you know, once you've learned all that and you get this can do, can have, it will come attitude. Genuinely, life hands you exactly what you need at exactly the right time. I have an example. I can't remember what it was. I needed an exact amount of money to pay a bill. This is years ago now. And I remember sitting with my friends going, shit, 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 I've overspent this month, as we all do. And just as I said it, I got a insurance claim that I'd made for, I don't know, years ago or for something, I don't know, they were broken in my house. Like something you just, you've done and you've forgotten about. And at that moment, it popped into your, my account. And you're like, oh my God. It was just so fucking weird. It was the same day and it was like almost the same amount. And you're just like, just God has this weird fucking way of solving these things for you. Of course, Sergio could have been a giant fucking mistake. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, it would have been a massive one. But somehow I'm winning. You know, it's not me like tying him down. I don't know how many times I have to say this. He genuinely, genuinely doesn't want to be anywhere else. I've literally forced him out of the fucking house the last two hours because I needed a break to do two podcasts and get rid of the kids and give myself some me time where I could just, you know, watch housewives, you know, I don't know, whatever I want to do, just sit here by myself and think, not have anybody around me. 
But literally, I had to like kick him out, just kick, kicking and screaming because he doesn't want to. And I know that surprises many of you. So my risk was a giant reward because I would never have known the love that that man gives me. My dad called me. He never calls me like that. And my dad is like typical English. He's always like, you know, my phone calls with my parents like, hi, darling. How are you? I go, hello. You know, fine, dad. Good. Great. How are the kids? Fine. Bye. That's my phone calls with my parents always. And that, you know, by the way, I'm not upset about it. It's great. Like we all know we're breathing. Everybody's alive. That's all we need to know. But my dad called me up this time just to go, first of all, for whatever reason, ever since I started dating or being with Sergio, any single time there's an article about an older woman and a younger man, he forwards it to me, especially if it's in the Times. It really makes me giggle or cougars or anything. He sends me them all. But anyway, he called me yesterday and he was like, darling, I just want you to know I'm watching your stories and you've just never looked happier. And I'm just so happy for you. And that was it. And then he hung up. But that's enough. That says everything, really. I told Sergio. And that's what I want to tell people because, you know, we think in life we're getting stability. So to take my relationship, you think you're going to marry a 50-year-old or a 60-year-old man who's like mega wealthy and you've got all the toys, you've got a credit card coming out the wazoo, you can do whatever you want and you think you're set for fucking life and stable. But that might be way more, less stable than my relationship with Sergio who's genuinely my partner, my friend, and my lover. Therefore, we work at everything together. So, you know, when I worry about a bill or worry about like what, what you know, we're going to do this month or whether we should buy that coffee table or whatever it is, you know, I go to him, you know, and we genuinely sit and discuss it together, which never happened, you know, before. And I think those things are you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it for the world. I, you know, I, some of the richest people I know are the loneliest people I know. The hustles, what keeps me going, the risk keeps my blood flowing. You know, the reward when I achieve it, like I think I, you know, I called one of my best friends today and it's true actually, cause I was just sending, you know, I was sending her the pictures of my house and I'm like jumping up and down. Well, semi jumping up and down. She's meant to be coming to stay with me in February. And I'm like going, ha ha, do we think it's going to be done? And I was like, well, look, you know, I've done it all. I'm just missing my bed and my sofa. I'm like, kind of like, oh God, haven't got those. And she said, you just need to sit back a minute and look at what you do have. Look at what you've achieved. Look at where you were three months ago and look at where you are now. And she's absolutely fucking right. We're just so programmed to see the negative and not the positive. I mean, I actually am the one of the most positive people you'll ever, ever meet. And look, I'm not saying every risk I've taken has paid off because it really fucking hasn't. I've done loads. I've laid loads of mistakes. And some of my mistakes have been my biggest, my biggest reward are the lessons I learned, the, the friendships I lost and, you know, the money that I may have lost, the time, not the time, I suppose, but like the lessons I learned, I wouldn't change it, really wouldn't change it because I am where I am today. And where I am today is where I want to be. And that's a very, very, very good place to be because there is nothing worse than being somewhere you'll know, you know you're not meant to be because your, bo your body feels it. You feel it. You know, you wake up, you, you feel it in your body. You know, like I can wake up with anxiety about like life and like, fuck, you know, like going back on the show or waking up for an interview or, you know, making a stupid mistake. I mean, I made a brilliant one at Beyonce the other day. 
I got interviewed on the red carpet. I mean, this is just magic. And, you know, of course, we're all in gowns waiting to go and see Beyonce. And they go, what are you most looking forward to this weekend at the hotel? I just looked at her and went, a massage. I mean, a massage. We're, we're, I'm queuing for the Beyonce concert. What is wrong with me? But, you know, it's hilarious. I mean, things just, I get anxiety from all this thing. And that's why this stuff comes out of my mouth, social anxiety. So like I'll wake up with thinking, fuck, I haven't done this. My brain is like, I don't know, I have an overachieving brain. I just have to like think of things all the time that I need to be doing. And then I'll sort of like Sergio's sleeping like an actual baby. And then I'll just roll over, give him a cuddle. And I suddenly just relaxes my entire body. And I feel like a completely new person. And I think that's when you know that, you know, there is no risk. I'd be happy in a one bedroom flat with him, you know, and we'd always make it work, by the way, you know, and I always think about it. So with businesses, the only way you're going to get far is to take a risk. You don't take a risk. You know, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. If you don't take a risk and try and produce something that no one else has or do something that no one else has done, where are you going? Nowhere. You're joining someone else's train. You're just a copycat. And that's fine. I'm not saying that's, you know, not okay if you're happy that way. Oh, I just can't. I can't. I need a risk a day to like, that's why I think I stay young. Because, you know, some parts of me, I, I feel like, oh my God, I'm turning into my mum, my hand gestures, my glasses, my, the way I speak. Sergio's always like, oh my God, you just spoke to me like your mother. He's always like, oh, Elizabeth is coming out. But, you know, Sergio also, what a risk taker. What a fucking risk taker. I mean, respect to him. You know, he risked leaving soccer, you know, in a, in a crazy way. He risked quitting Real Madrid, which no, nobody really does. You know, he risked being with an older woman when everybody told him he was nuts. He risks not having children because maybe I can't. He risked waiting, you know, his wasting a lot of his years with me, even if it doesn't work out. He risks maybe having to take care of me. You know, all of these things must have popped through his mind, his mother's mind. You know, I'm sure she said, darling, you know, you're going to be looking after her in her, you know, 60s or 70s, and then you're going to be a young guy or whatever it is. You know, he risked all of that for me. He risked pissing everybody off in his life. And that shows me how strong and how dedicated he is to me. And his risk was me. And his reward has been his life has totally changed. And I'm not saying that I've made his life in any way, shape or form. I'm saying his life totally changed and he changed my life. You know, would he be on a re reality TV show right now? Probably not. But he also didn't know he was going to be on one when he met me. That's for fucking sure. It wasn't around, you know, but the, the risk of being with me has paid off. We have a beautiful home together. We have beautiful family life together. We have, we have beautiful, so much fun together. And he's on TV and he's, you know, working with me. Did he think he'd be working with me in this capacity? Absolutely not. You know, this wasn't his trajectory, you know. All of these things, forget even any of that, right? As I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You know, Sergio was 24 when I met him. I can assure you he wasn't, and Spanish, okay? I can assure you he wasn't watching Housewives or Ladies of London. Let's just say he watched Housewives for a second. He's never seen Ladies of London. And I don't think he watched Housewives at 24 years old, do you? 
He definitely didn't chase me down and I did definitely didn't know who I was. And I think that the risk of just following his heart, which many people don't do, or show wearing his heart on his sleeve, you know, is a very powerful thing. He's he's taken risks on, you know, I really don't understand these coins. He's teaching me all this stuff. But, you know, I always say, we'll always survive, right? So say he makes some money and then he'll say, oh, I found this new project. And they sort of, they launch these coins at God knows what. And then they start, they open the market up at, say, 0.25. You buy it and they 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 maybe open the market at a dollar or something. He'll find these projects that I've never heard of, never even seen. Somehow he'll, he manages to take these risks and he, he makes the reward. And I'm so proud of him because I wouldn't even know where to find these things. And, and he does, and he reads about it. And he, these are his little risks. Okay. I know all of you out there think that he does nothing but lie around naked in my bed all day, but I am sadly, that's not true. He actually does do stuff, but anyway, not for me to prove to you or you to even care. But the risks that we have taken together have built us a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful life. And I've always found, you know, that these things happen. In my first marriage, we took beautiful risks together. We bought that gorgeous house in in the countryside, you know, which, which we still have. And is it a risk that really paid off? Well, I mean, the economy is not great right now, but we've always rented it out. So it's not really, you know, some you win, some you lose, but it's still an asset. So it's still there. So who cares? You know, some things are just there to teach you. You know, my, my marriage wasn't, it was a risk I took. We took, we had a great few years. I've said very, very many times, I wouldn't change a minute of it not a minute of it. He was a wonderful, wonderful man. He still is a wonderful man. But the risk I took to change my life and for him, I think as well, I'm sure, you know, if I look at him, he's, a, he's in a better place and I'm in a better place. We're all in a better place. You know, risk is everything. To be risk averse in today's world, you just miss out. It's changing so fast. Everyone says to me, you know, I've been to places all over the world, like climb the fucking Himalayas. Like, what for? Like, now I look back and go, why? Why did I do that? But actually, I did it. And I'm so proud of myself. I took a risk. Could I do it? Would I have to be airlifted off that stupid mountain after 10 days? I mean, you know, all of these things. But I did it and I accomplished something. Risks, you accomplish things. And the feeling when you accomplish anything in your life, if you've done it once, you know how amazing it is and how it feels starting my, you know, first business and looking around. I remember my first Christmas party having like one person, you know, just that thing of like, will I be able to pay a salary? Anyone that's ever started a business understands that, right? You start making money, then you pay one salary, then you pay VAT, then you start paying, you know, another salary, then you need another person and you've got packaging and you've got logistics and God knows what else. And suddenly, you know, you're sitting at a table with 70 employees or 80 employees. And my, I mean, you know, I've got girlfriends of mine who have two, 300 employees and I'm thinking, fucking hell. And I remember every month, like holding onto my hat, you know, with a bill of whatever it was. I can't even remember now, like, I want to say a hundred to 200,000 pounds a month for salaries. And you're going, what the fuck? And, you know, as a business grows, how we do it, I don't know. 
but a business, it's like a, I always compare it to a, a snowball. It gains momentum and then it just rolls and rolls and it just happens. And sometimes I'd be terrified, absolutely terrified going into the office going, what have I done to myself? I can't do this. Oh, I'm way out of my depth. I don't know finance. I don't know how to do this. I'm sales and I'm logistics. and I'm a CEO and everyone's looking at me. And on top of it, your staff who all look at you like you're God, right? So they come to you for every piece of advice, marriage advice, financial advice, everything advice, while you're still running, trying to hold them up. And you don't actually, and I've, I've said this before, any business is like three to four months from going under. That's how much money is normally kept in the bank, right? So, you know, you're never comfortable. You never sit in an office going, well, I've got shitloads of money in the bank and nothing to do today. Never, okay? And that's never gonna happen. If you want that to happen, don't start a business. Do not start a business. But the hold on to your hats and like the constant brain thinking of like, you know, Rubik's cube of like how to solve each problem. How am I going to get, I'm, how am I going to get my packages at Christmas on time to Switzerland because the Royal Mail shut down. And then at the same time, the banks are closed and there's no money left in the bank and I can't pay my bills and they might try to turn off the electricity in the thing and, and, and salaries won't go out. Those kind of things when you've got seven to 10 different, different problems in different areas, your brain works differently. I mean, that's priceless. Learning that is priceless. You can't be taught that. No school's teaching you that. No one's going to teach you that. Your parents can't teach you that. Your friends can't teach you that. They can tell you about it. You won't understand it. You're never going to understand it until it happens to you. How's it going to happen to you? Because you took the fucking risk. You took the risk. And it's always worth it. I was one of the first people, you know, to do a reality TV show in England in, from my, you know, genre. And everyone was like, oh, you can't do that. You've got a good name. You've got a reputation. What the fuck? You know, no one's ever going to respect you after that. Well, let me tell you. I mean, some don't respect me after it. And that's all right. I mean, I'm okay with it. It was a choice I made. I made it. I lay, you know, I always believe you make your own bed, so you better lie in it. But I am now, what, five years into reality TV. I make a very decent living. I am very happy. I can support myself. And I love my life. So has it been worth it? Was it a risk? Oh, yeah. And do I shit myself before a season comes out? Oh, of course I do. Everyone does. Sometimes you go, what the fuck have I done? Absolutely. And then you do it again. And that's the thing to remember about risk taking. It's balls up, knees deep. And it's a ride. And anyone that likes a ride or, you know, has balls, wins. It's that whole saying, who dares wins? You sit at home, do nothing. You're not going to get anything. So, I mean, I guess you know what I'm going to say. First of all, in my opinion, take the risk. Write down what you want and jump. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. <laughs>